Welcome to season three of the Yoga Therapy Hour podcast. My name is Amy Wheeler and I'm your host. We are so happy to tell you all that's happening in the world of yoga therapy. And we love to find guests from all over the world so that we can share and learn and grow together. Some of the things that are happening in season three that we find so exciting is that not only are we continuing with the free gift that we are giving out every single week in season two, and you can see more about that in the show notes, but now we are adding a YouTube channel and you can see all of these podcasts on video. The YouTube channel is called Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. Some people like to watch video maybe you want to use it for one of your trainings these videos on youtube will be there for you to use for free we would love your support we have opened up a patreon page that is going to help the podcast flourish and grow you can help us to expand and grow and create more content for you and we'd love for you to visit the patreon page which is called optimal state and yoga therapy hour podcast so let's go into our guest today and please nourish yourself take time for yourself and really relax into listening to the podcast hello everyone welcome today is going to be a solo podcast with only me amy wheeler i had a cancellation this week and i thought you know what i'm gonna go ahead and record one and I think I'm going to do this more often. I want to feel more connected to you and let you know what's going on in my mind when it comes to the world of yoga therapy. Oftentimes when I decide on a topic, I look at the things in my life and the lives of my clients, and I really look at what is it that is happening and how is that relevant to all of you, my listeners? So one of the things that's been happening with my clients lately, and I'll even put myself in this category, is that they're having some trouble with compliance or adherence is what we sometimes call it. So we go through all of this work, they pay for a session, they get the assessment, the yoga therapy assessment, they spend time meeting with me on a regular basis, and then they just can't get themselves to do their daily lifestyle routines to bring them to a place of wellness and health and well being. And yet they come back the next time and are super happy to talk to me and discuss what's going on in their lives. But then again, the compliance is not there. Now, after they do this for a few times, then they don't want to show up because then they start feeling ashamed and embarrassed. And honestly, it's okay with me if people can't do compliance because I too sometimes have trouble doing everything that I promised myself I was going to do. I think that's part of life. So one of the discussions I have with them is it's not how many times we fall off the wagon or the horse, but it's how quickly do we realize that we're off and we want to get back on. So for example, I've had a woman that's canceled the last three appointments with me now because she's feeling a little bit embarrassed. I think that she's not doing what she said she wanted to do for herself. I mean, after all, 
I'm just the person who's helping her reach her own goals. I didn't set those goals for her. She set those goals for her, but I think she's feeling a little embarrassed. And so she keeps canceling and and the snowball is getting bigger and bigger. And now I guarantee I won't hear from her. So it's to her advantage to have better compliance and adherence. And it's also to my advantage because I'm going to lose a client if I can't figure out how to help them help themselves and become self-empowered. And again, that can be a really long process. It could be two or three years of struggling to adopt this new health behavior change and then not being able to do it and trying again. And so one of the things I think we can do as yoga therapists is just to let people know that's a normal part of the process. The average person who is trying to quit smoking tries to quit seven times before it actually happens on average. Some people, it takes way more than that. And I always tell people that these not so healthy behaviors that we have adopted, they are a survival mechanism. They are something that that worked for us and may no longer be working for us. But at one time, it was a solution to an unmet need that worked. And we really don't have a different solution. So just taking away whatever the, in quotes, bad behavior is, isn't enough because that was fulfilling a need. We have to find a new strategy to meet that same need. And to complicate matters, many of us are in what we call a life lock. And by a life lock, I just mean that there's not a lot of room to you know, find new strategies. There's not a lot of time. There's not a lot of money. Maybe we've made some agreements with our family that, that we can't go back on. There's many, many reasons we might be in what I call a life lock. And so it's really like putting a puzzle together, trying different pieces until you find that formula that works. And so that's what we're doing as yoga therapists is we're helping people piece together the formula that works to bust the life lock. And then at some point in time, there seems to be like a big jump forward or a big revelation of, oh, now I get it. Now I can do it. Now, there are also people that are so stuck in their job or in the life that they've created for themselves that until they let go of that big thing, it's going to be very, very hard to regulate their nervous system. And I have an example of this in teaching at a university for 25 years. Every single day I came home from work for 25 years And thank goodness it was only on Tuesdays and Thursdays that I actually went to the college. But every single time I came home, I was completely dysregulated because I'm a highly sensitive person and I just cannot be around 400 college kids in eight hours and not get dysregulated. So for me, it has now come to a point where if I want to stay regulated seven days a week or even, you know, six days a week, whatever I can manage, I needed to make a big change and I did, and I retired. That might be something that your client comes to, that it is impossible for them to create these health behavior changes and stay regulated unless they're willing to give something up and find another way forward. So you can really understand 
that adherence or compliance to the lifestyle changes that we give to people, it's not that simple. We've got life locks, we've got survival mechanisms, we've got deeply, deeply ingrained habits and patterns, both in how we think, but also in how we speak to ourselves and others and how we behave in the world. All of this has to be peeled apart like an onion slowly over time, allowing for those changes to happen. You make a little shift, a change happens, you get used to it. You make another little shift, a change happens, you get used to it. And another little shift, you just keep shifting. And I think this is one of the beautiful things about yoga therapy council is that we know people don't just make up their mind and, and make a change. We know it takes them time. It takes that reorganization of their outer lives, such as cleaning their house or reorganizing who picks up the kids from school so that they can go have some time for themselves. There's the outer life reorganization, but more importantly, there's the inner life reorganization, what I call the reorganization of the gunas moving us out of rajas, out of that excitement and that passion and that do, 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 go, go, go. And moving ourselves out of tamas, that lethargy, that depletion, that stuckness and reorganizing the inner mind and heart to be more sattvic, to be more regulated, more balanced, more, you know, showing up in life as a better version of yourself. And that inner work is simultaneously kind of dancing with the external world. As you reorganize internally, some shifts happen externally. And then when those shifts happen internally, it gets a little easier to reorganize your gunas and it's back and forth. And most big changes with my clients that I see, it takes about two to three years for them to really complete the cycle and make a big change to where they can primarily stay regulated in their lives. And, you know, it's funny because at our yoga therapy school, the optimal state yoga therapy school, we've planned our program to be over two years so that the yoga therapists themselves can go through that process of inner and outer reorganization, because I don't believe you can really be a good yoga therapist. If you're living dysregulated, if your life is packed so full that you can't breathe, if you're completely emotionally unavailable to yourself or to your loved ones. So, you know, part of the process of going through optimal state yoga therapy school is all about reorganizing your inner life and your outer landscape. So with that, I want to go into the importance of helping your clients through this and normalizing it, normalizing that through their childhood trauma, it may have taken 43 years for them to come up with this life formula. And now it's not going to unpack in six weeks. That's just doesn't happen for most people, unless they have some kind of spiritual awakening experience for most people they have to unpack it like you would when you've moved into a new house and you unpack the boxes one by one and you pull out each item and find the place for it and go back to the box and grab another item, find a place for that item. For most people, it's that slow. And in some ways that's really good because it allows their loved ones and their community and their colleagues and their spouses to reorganize slowly with them. If we make 
too big of a change too fast, everyone around that person gets discombobulated. Like, wait a minute, mom's not making dinner for us anymore. Or dad's not picking us up from school. Or now I have to do my own laundry and I'm only 17 years old. How could I possibly do my own laundry? Right. All of this inner change that results in relationship changes, the people around our clients also need time to adjust and to get their needs met. So that's why it's oftentimes such a slow process. And I have a lot of women, especially that are so fed up. They've been doing this for 30 years and they're done and they want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I say, slow down, slow down. Let's get you in balance. Let's get you in sattva. Let's help you get your inner landscape ready to go. And then if you still want to leave you and your therapist, your psychotherapist or your talk therapist, you can make a plan for that. But I'm here to help you with embodied mental health so that your nervous system is regulated. Your mind is clear. Your spiritual heart is where it needs to be so that you can make good discriminating decisions that won't cause too much harm if possible, the least harm for everyone involved. And so a lot of times people will agree to that. They'll say, okay, I'll, I'll work on myself and get myself in balance. And then we'll see what happens. And you know what the funny thing is 99% of the time they end up not leaving the situation, not because I've told them don't leave. I don't have a preference. It's their life that they're creating. But once they get into balance, they perceive the world differently. They perceive themselves differently. They perceive their relationships differently. They're able to make requests. They're able to communicate differently. They're able to notice that they're getting triggered and work through that trigger before they respond. So all these great yoga tools and techniques. So Again, what we are trying to do as yoga therapists is help people find that balanced place within themselves so they can live from that area of being. So many of you don't know, but my undergraduate and master's degree from the University of Northern Iowa, UNI, which is in the Midwest of the United States, I got a degree in health promotion back then there was a degree in health promotion. I think it was called community health promotion. And what cracks me up is that when I was 17 years old and went to college, my first thought is I want to work on psychology. I want to work with the mind. I want to understand the human psyche. But everything I was seeing in my major was like working with really unhappy people. And I, I remember coming home one day and saying, I don't want to work with unhappy people eight hours a day. This is depressing. I want to work with people who are looking for health and wellness and well-being, mental salutogenesis, as we call it in yoga therapy. So I then found the major of health promotion. So what, I was 17 years old and now I'm in my fifties and I'm laughing because what is the definition of yoga therapy if not the embodied wisdom of how to get to a happy, healthy life, right? We're taking people into eudaimonia. We're taking people into how can I be my best self, feel good, be pain-free, sleep well, reduce my anxiety, reduce my depression, 
get out of burnout and really live a life full of joy and really find my purpose, right? This is what yoga therapy is all about. So, you know, the topic of the day is adherence or compliance. And I think it's like a flywheel that at the beginning, when you first start working on your yourself, you decide I'm going to make myself a priority and I'm going to commit to taking care of myself, just like I take care of everyone else. It's a really hard push. It is so hard. I remember, you know, back to the days when I had to say no to my husband, I'm not cooking every night. I'm sorry. I had to ask for support around the house. And guess what? I don't do a dish ever. <laughs> my husband does all of it. He takes out the trash. He, he does so many things because we have equal distribution of labor in this house. But that took some time for me to say, I'm no longer wanting to do this. Where do you, where could you help out in that kind of reevaluation? And, and so that's what we're doing with helping our clients to have adherence, because unless they have space in their life to do the self-care and to do the lifestyle changes and to do a daily practice of meditation or breathing or postures or just exercise in nature. If they can't find time to do that, it's not going to happen. So you can see how it's like this ball of yarn that we have to start unwinding and it involves our social contracts. It involves the yamas or the, the social disciplines of how we interact with people. It involves the niyamas or the personal disciplines about how am I going to care for myself and have integrity within myself? So oftentimes when we're focused on, did you do your asana practice or did you make time for meditation or did you you know, do your chanting today or hot water with lemon or walk in nature? The answer is no, their compliance was not good, not because they didn't want to, but because their yamas and niyamas, which are the first two limbs of the eight limbs of yoga, had some glitches, if you will. And we oftentimes have to go back and kind of clean up those relationships and renegotiate those relationships and have satyam or, or proper communication about the new way that we want to be in the world. And so I find a lot of my work kind of weaves in and out. And again, I oftentimes recommend that people also have a talk therapist at the same time, they're doing the embodied yoga therapy, mental health care, which is very much about regulating the nervous system and basically watching your mind, watching when your mind gets too excited or too angry or too fearful, and then also watching your mind when it gets too lazy or depressed or not feeling well. So this is the, the realm that yoga helps us help our clients, right? And, you know, I crack up, I think this stuff should be taught in school. And in fact, I did teach it at the university under the guise of sports psychology. And I still work with athletes all over the world on this stuff, regulation of your nervous system and regulating your mental state, because of course that's going to help in high performance for sports. So let's just talk about, you know, the, the kind of biomedical health model and how it's different from yoga therapy, just very briefly. And I'm putting something up on the screen. If you want to see this podcast and see the handouts that go with it, it is on YouTube. Otherwise you might just be listening and you'll just maybe take notes or just listen. 
So what the biomedical model assumes, and this is from the WHO, is that the patient should be sufficiently motivated by the illness to obey our instructions. You have diabetes, therefore you need to stop eating sugar because if your diabetes gets bad enough, you're gonna have neuropathy and you might go blind. And so in the biomedical model, it's like, shouldn't that be enough motivation? And you know what? It isn't. Ask any doctor, any nurse, any nutritionist, any even physical therapist. A lot of times people are not motivated to stay out of suffering. Their suffering is getting worse, but they they just keep doing what they're going to do. And one of my favorite podcasts is called The Hidden Brain with Shankar Vedante. And he had one recently. I cannot remember which episode. Maybe I can put this in the show notes. But basically he had a neuropsychologist on the show and they were talking about how there's a current version of you, maybe the one with diabetes that shouldn't be eating sugar. And then there's a future version of you, which is the version of you that has neuropathy and is losing their eyesight. And as long as those two parts stay separate from one another, the current version can justify, I'll just have one more sweet just today, what, what is the big deal if I have one more sweet? Maybe I'll start tomorrow. And the future version that's that's got all these serious medical problems is like, no, you got you should have started, you know, three years ago. What do you mean one more day? But because we keep those two parts of ourselves compartmentalized and not speaking to one another, we just keep doing the same thing over and over. And that's what I mean by the patient should be motivated by their illness, but they're actually not. And so in this podcast, the neuropsychologist was basically saying, we have to get these two parts of ourselves to talk to one another. We have to get them on the same page. And there's there's many ways we could do that. I won't go into that today, but just to say that being ill and getting even more sick doesn't actually change behavior. The the health behavior change models talk about at different steps of, you know, whether you're in pre-contemplation, meaning I don't, I don't want to make a change. I really love eating sugar or you're in contemplation where you're like, yeah, I got my test results back. They're not good. Maybe I should think about making a change or whether you're in preparation because you've decided to make a change and now you're preparing and getting the foods that you want in your home or getting some running shoes or whatever your preparation is, or whether you're now in action, you're actually doing it. Or is the client in maintenance, meaning they've been doing it for some time and they're pretty successfully doing it. Or are they in termination phase, meaning it's no longer an issue. It just is part of their life now. And so the models of health behavior change tell us that depending on if we're in pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance, or termination, the client is going to need different types of support to help them get to the next stage. So in pre-contemplation, they are going to need some consciousness raising, right? In contemplation, they're going to need some emotional arousal. In preparation, they're going to need a sankalpa or a commitment. In the action phase, they're going to need more rewards and helping relationships, right? So these are models of health behavior change 
from Western health and wellness, but we have very similar things in the yogic traditions. So why do we want to help clients adhere? Well, because they're going to feel better. They're going to have success. They're going to tell people about us and how we help them. And frankly, it's going to bring them back more. They're not going to feel that embarrassment of, you know, I didn't do this. Now I can't go back. Right. So one of the things, and this, this is straight from the yoga texts. We have something called bhavana, B-H-A-V-A-N-A. And bhavana means we can imagine ourselves successfully having achieved the health behavior change. And bhavana matches up very, very nicely with something in the literature called self-efficacy, right? Self-efficacy means I feel pretty good that I can get my task done. So for example, I run for 30 minutes every single day and how confident am I that I'm going to be able to run 30 minutes tomorrow? Well, I'm telling you, I'm hundred percent. I've got really high self-efficacy in the beginning when I was trying to run. I like, I didn't know if I'd make the whole 30 minutes. I would say I had about 50% confidence or self-efficacy that I could make it through a half an hour of running. So there's bhavana. There's this imagining or visualizing. I can do this. I've got this. And you're going to have to teach your clients how to bhavanize. You're also going to have to teach your clients how to have shraddha or faith, which is very closely tied to self-efficacy. And shraddha means I have faith in me and I have faith in the outcome. I have faith in the people around me that somehow, some way we're going to get this done and helping your clients to have faith. I can't tell you if I had a dollar for every time people had self-doubt and said, I don't think I can do this. And it's my job as a yoga therapist to help them understand and believe Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And there's obviously some counsel that goes along with that to help them understand that, that they are really able to do that. So after we've kind of cultivated the bhavana or where do you want to go? Can you see yourself getting there? Sometimes I even have people do something called the hero or the shiro versus the jackal. So the jackal is the image of why you can't do it. And the hero or shiro is the image of, yeah, it's done. It's good. I I'm doing it. And I, I have people talk to their jackals and talk to their heroes or shiros and try to bring these two parts of themselves together again. And again, that can happen through avatars, beautiful system in the Hindu religion of different deities that stand for different heroes and heroes and jackals. You, if your spiritual preference is nature, you can find things in nature. There's many, many ways to help people bring those different parts of themselves together. But then when we get to this idea of how do we create a new habit? How do we create a new samskara, right? Something, uh, a mental habit, but also a physical habit. Like I will drink a great big jug of water first thing when I get up in the morning with lemon in it. Like, you know, something that just becomes part of our lifestyle and it works for us and it 
has a routine to it, or what we might call in yoga, a dinacharya. And that pretty soon we don't even have to think about it anymore. It just is. This is what we do when we wake up. Here's what we do before we eat. Here's what we do after we eat. That, you know, the first, I would say 40 to 90 days, it's really tough. That flywheel again, you're you're pushing it and it's hurting and oh my gosh, I can't do it. And I failed three times and I'm trying again, right? And my yoga therapist is giving me support for all the obstacles that are coming up to get in my way of achieving this new health behavior change or achieving a contentment in my life. And I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep going back to my yoga therapist for that support and love that I need so that I can continue to try to make this health behavior change. So the steps in the lifestyle change process are that we have to assess where am I now and be honest about it. Decide on the goal. Where do I want to go with this? You know, where do I want to be in three months, six months, nine months, 12 months? Then we have to record (laughs) the discrepancy between what we said we wanted and what we're actually doing, right? We have to notice when we're off track. And part of that recording isn't just like, oh, I ate sugar today. Oh, well, didn't make my goal. It's looking at those habits or patterns over time and evaluating them, right? And feeling like, oh, okay, I see the pattern. Every day at three o'clock, I'm exhausted. I don't want to work anymore, but I have two more hours of work. And therefore, I'm going to have that coffee in the donut to get me through until 5 p.m. So it's not just enough to record, but can we evaluate like, huh, why do I wake up every morning at 2.30 in the morning wide awake? And then by 7 a.m., I'm completely exhausted because I've been up for five hours already. Now, I think these clinical tools for effectively promoting lifestyle modification, I think this is the crux of what we as yoga therapists are here to do with our clients. This is a big part of helping them assess themselves, helping them generate goals, helping them start to create lifestyle change, recording those, you know, am I doing it? Am I not doing it? And then evaluating if it's working. One other thing I would like to throw in here, and this comes from my my work as a sports psychologist and just a, a health promotion person, and that is, When they set their goals, we have to help them set goals that have a lot of meaning and purpose deep inside themselves. Saying that I want to do something because my kids want me to do it, or my parents want me to do it, or my husband wants me to do it, or, you know, society thinks I should be a certain way. It never works. I'm here to tell you when push comes to shove and the current version of yourself wants what it wants, it's not going to care about all those other people. It's just going to do what it's always done. So just making sure that when we help people set goals, those goals have meaning and purpose deeply, deeply, deeply involved in the heart of the client. And I'll I'll give you an example. I have always loved sugar, love, love, love sugar. 
And for me, it's not even about my weight. You know, I just am who I am. I, I'm, I'm not that worried about my weight. Everybody else is, but I'm not. For me, it was more about when I ate sugar, I felt kind of aggressive and maybe I would be a little snappy with my husband or I, I always called it my mean girl would come out. That, that actually really bothered me. I didn't want to be like that. And so I couldn't find a real personal reason to quit eating sugar until I found that reason, right? Just knowing that other yoga teachers wanted me to be thinner or knowing that people were judging me because they would say things to my face about my weight. Not, none of that made a difference. But when I thought about, mm, I don't want to be a mean girl to my husband, that made a big, big difference to me. So helping our clients figure out what has meaning and purpose to them so that they can set their goals around things that matter. Right. And so that's another discussion. What are your values? What really matters to you? And then when we set these goals, reminding ourselves about the goals and why it is that we want what we want or why the client wants what they want. So with all of this, I have something really exciting to share with you. And that is that for 20 years, I saw my college students, myself, and my yoga therapy clients struggling with compliance, struggling with that formula I just told you about that you, you basically have to assess and then set goals with meaning and then you know record if it's working, if you're actually doing what you said you were going to do to keep yourself accountable, then to evaluating it. I decided with my husband, George, that we needed a yoga and Ayurveda-based mobile app where people could do just that. And it would help them with their own commitment to themselves to comply. But it would also be really helpful for the yoga therapist. And I think psychologists, I think teachers, I think there's a lot of people that could use it, not just yoga and Ayurveda people. But let's stick to that today where the person can actually send their results to show the recording and the mishaps and the happy days and the not so happy days to their yoga therapist before their next appointment. So maybe three days before you would send your data to your yoga therapist. So I'll just show you on the screen. You can go to the iPhone store or the Android store and type in optimal state app and you'll find this. There's a free version and soon there will be a paid version with a lot of extra features. So basically this is all based on the gunas and we help people understand their patterns of their mental and emotional health. We also help people understand if they're burnt out we help people understand if they're in pain. We have a pain assessment. We help people understand their relationship with their own body. So their body image assessment. I think there's six different charts right now. And basically you can click in. Are you feeling more pitta? Are you feeling more kappa? Are you feeling more vata? Or are you feeling sattvic? And then... Once you do that, you'll get a summary or a record of where you've been recently. So in your physical body, 
are you feeling more sattvic or are you feeling kind of stuck? And so what the app does is it gives you all the different Ayurvedic times of day, 6 to 10 a.m., 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., and then 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Everybody will recognize that from Ayurveda. And it tells you what is happening for you at different times of day on the different scales, on your pain scale, your burnout scale, your mental emotional scale, your body image scale, your pain scale. It helps you understand if you're in pain mostly in the morning or is it later in the day, if you are feeling burnt out every morning at 10 a.m., right? So it, it helps you see your overall state, but then it also helps you to see how those different times of the day are working for you. And this is super valuable because now you can send this data to your yoga therapist and try to figure out, okay, here's where we're having the problem. Here's the time of day that I have my, my setback. What things and interventions can we put in place so that doesn't happen? So for me, for example, I get really tired in the afternoon because I've been working too hard in the morning. And that's where I usually would have my sugar attack. But if I stop and I eat a decent lunch at 1130 AM, that never happens. It only happens when I skip lunch. And then by 2.30, my blood sugar is way low and I just need something fast, right? So that would be an example of how your yoga therapist could help you schedule regular meals. That's part of Ayurveda, eating at the same time every day. Or someone says, you know, every day when they get home from work, they're just completely burnt out and have no joy for their family. All right. Well, we have to back it up and figure out what's happening before 5 p.m. to try to take that in a new direction. Same thing with sleeping or pain. You know, a lot of times when I had chronic pain, Later in the day, it would just hit me like a ton of bricks. Well, that's because of what I had been doing the eight hours before, <laughs> ignoring my body, sitting at the desk too much, not getting up and moving. And so my yoga therapist technically could help me understand that sitting for eight hours isn't going to work for you anymore, Amy, right? So the app is really fun. And then it also has basically interventions, just little mini interventions that we can help people use based on yoga and Ayurveda, like simple breathing exercises for calming, for relaxation or energizing different breathing techniques. We also have custom created music that will assist people. They can just play it in the background. We have all sorts of little Ayurvedic and yogic tips for you and your clients to use in between the times that they're seeing you, right? So basically you might have your lesson with them every two weeks or every month, but in between they're getting this support with this mobile app and it's helping them track, but it's also good because they can send you their data and then the two of you can figure out where those obstacles are happening. And they're getting these little interventions between the times that you see them. So we spent four years creating this. It was really a labor of love. And now we want the yoga and Ayurveda communities to use it so that your clients can have more success. And then in return, when your clients have more success, 
you are going to have more success. They're going to tell people about you and how you help them. And they're going to come back and see you more because they already had success. So that was a big part of why we created the app was to give yoga teachers and yoga therapists. But as I said, I think it could also work for physical therapists and psychologists and all sorts of other people too. I don't think it just has to be directly related to yoga and Ayurveda, but those people may not have the education that a lot of you yoga therapists have pertaining to Ayurveda and the different times of day and why if someone's in a total kapha imbalance, we might tell them caffeine is okay. But if they're in a big vata imbalance, we might say cut back on the caffeine, right? So I, I think it's for use with everyone. And especially for those of us in this field of yoga and Ayurveda. So that is one of the big things that I wanted to create to help people with more compliance, both for the client, but also for the yoga therapist. And so the next thing that I want to talk about is, you know, a big part of the definition of yoga therapy is that we do set goals together. We and the client it's a co-negotiation. And I think one of the problems that we as yoga therapists have is we're not really setting goals that are measurable, that allow for tracking progress, that display the progress for the client so they can get that feedback loop to show that they are making progress and to actually see that what they're doing with you is working. So that's another way that the app can help people because you know, that internal reorganization of the nervous system coming into balance, as well as the, the mind coming into balance, that happens on a very subtle level before the outward tangible changes happen. So for example, if I'm helping someone who wants to feel better in their body with less pain, many times they'll be making progress. I'll be using the app with them, the Optimal State app, and they'll be starting to show up in gold zone, gold zone, gold zone. And their pain hasn't subsided totally yet, right? And so it may be that the actual pain reduction happens two or three weeks after the consistent habit of being more in balance in the mind and in the nervous system. But until they see the pain go down, they don't think anything's happening when really it's just happening on a subtle level and it's about to go boom and, and they'll see a big change right after three weeks. So, you know, through the app, we can see measurable, trackable results where we display that progress for the client that they can see, oh, three weeks ago, I was at 13% sattva or gold zone. Now, this week, I'm at 77% sattva or gold zone. Wow, I've made huge progress in just three weeks, right? So, so that's what we mean by how are we going to track this? How are we going to make it measurable? And I think something that's really interesting, you know, so many people track the external outcome. But what about that gap in time where you're doing everything right and you're actually feeling better? And you've been very dedicated, but you don't see the outward change yet. It's so frustrating, right? And this will give us a way to say, look, the change is happening on the interior through your nervous system, through your mind. It's happening. Let's keep going with this. You're seeing results. And I think good things will start to happen externally also, meaning 
they'll actually be able to say my pain is at a two and it used to be at a 10, right? And this could go for any health behavior change. So, you know, basically you're a type of health coach as a yoga therapist, right? And you have to help people track their progress, see their progress, see those records, get that feedback so that we can actually see the clinical outcomes. Super, super important that we see the clinical outcomes, but in the yoga world, it's just as important to see those deep internal shifts beginning to happen that are going to lead to that external clinical outcome. Because that gap in time between I've been trying so hard and working so hard and nothing is happening, we need to fill that and and let people know, oh, something really big is happening inside of you. Something really, really big. And one day you're just going to wake up and it's going to be this aha, like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Right. So we call this kind of a, what I call a competence feedback loop, where you take an action, you're waiting to see the results of your action, but that could be a little ways off. So you need some positive emotions. You need that feedback loop of, things are going well, look at your app. Oh my gosh, you're doing well. And oh my gosh, I did it three days in a row. Amazing. Great progress, right? Or, hmm, I haven't been using my app at all. I wonder what that means. You know, I had someone during the beta test of the app say, I find myself only checking in when I'm in a happy place. And so I look gold, but that's because I ignore tracking my, my mental states, my burnout states, my pain states, all of it on the days I'm feeling bad. I just don't open my app. So we did something. We added a reminder where they can get pinged every couple of hours to, to track. We're always making updates like that to, to try to help this become even better. So I guess the moral of what I was just trying to say is that you as a yoga therapist need to have a more consistent feedback loop for your clients. And you can't be with them all day, every day, but you can have that yoga therapist in in the app. I'll call it yoga therapist in your pocket to keep helping them get reminders of the simple little things they can do like breathing techniques or a particular meditation or, you know, whatever it is, we can continuously get little little pieces of joy and little pieces of positivity flowing at your client all day, every day. And I think that's really important because they might only see you once a week or maybe even once a month, and they're going to need that kind of intermittent reinforcement to keep them in that positive state, knowing that really good things are growing subtly inside of them And that if they can just stay with it, things are going to happen. Things are going to manifest. We are going to see changes. Do not give up just because you haven't seen the external result yet. This is classic yoga philosophy that before we see the oak tree, we have to go all the way back to that seed that's buried under the ground that nobody knows is about to pop up. And then one day it pops up through the soil and it's very tender and vulnerable. And then it turns into a little bit of a sapling and then it turns a little bigger and a little bit, right? That's how health behavior changes. And in those early stages, when we don't see it pop out of the earth yet, and we don't see that tiny little sprout, and then we get mad because that sprout is not yet the oak tree. 
I work so hard and how come nothing's happening? Well, that's when people need the extra support. That's when they need to have this bhavana of their goal and keep their mind on the goal. They need the reminders. They need the feedback to say, you're doing a great job. And so that's why we created the app was to help not only the yoga therapists at Optimal State Yoga Therapy School work with their clients, but we hope that everyone will use it. We don't want to just pigeonhole it to Optimal State people. We want the entire field to benefit. And one last thing is it's a really easy, tangible way to take pretty complex material that would take hours or days or weeks to explain to a doctor or a nurse or a nutritionist or a physical therapist. We can't explain yoga and Ayurvedic theory very easily and very quickly. You know, here's what we do and here's the gunas and here, you know, all that stuff. The app actually is a quite easy way to say, here's what I do, download it for free, try it for a few days, and then we'll get together and I'll, I'll talk to you more about what you're seeing within the app. And so I think it's a very tangible way to also get healthcare providers to start understanding what we do. It's a, it's a very tangible way for them to be like, oh, that's what yoga therapy is, right? So I'm also hoping that we as a field can start using this free mobile app to educate everyone about what it is we do. So in a nutshell, I really feel strongly about compliance and adherence for all the reasons that we've listed today, both for the success of the client in making health behavior change, but also for the success of the yoga therapist who is going to have happy, healthy clients that are going to return again and again and tell everyone about how great they're doing. And then also the success of the field as a whole to kind of outline what it is we do for the rest of the healthcare providers. And the last thing I'll say is that we as yoga therapists need to put our stake in the ground to say we are all about salutogenesis, health and well being, feeling your best self, eudaimonia, whatever words you want to use, it doesn't matter. We are helping people thrive in a nutshell. And that's what we're going to put our stake in. We don't have to be mini physical therapists. We don't have to be poorly trained psychologists. We don't have to be even Western health coaches. That's a totally different field. We just have to be very confident in what we do and what we offer and say, this is us. This is what we do. We're proud of it. We do great work. We can work in a complementary fashion with all other healthcare providers, allopathic and as well as allied healthcare providers. And this salutogenic model of helping people find their best self that is rooted in thousands and thousands of years of philosophy, this is something the world needs. And I think we just need an easy way to tell people what we do and how we do it, right? So that's what we have tried to do with the Optimal State app is help you show people what you do in a very, very tangible, simple way that is still true to the ancient teachings. We have people who are starting to use this with healthcare workers and hospitals, all the doctors and nurses who have burnout 
as resiliency programs are being taught. We have universities looking to use it. We have individuals all over the globe. I have all of my athletes when I do my sports psychology and yoga therapy business using it. There's so many different types of people that could benefit from this yoga and Ayurveda knowledge. And we just need a simple way to get it to them. So we request that you start using it. Just go to Android or iPhone app stores and you can see it in there. It is now out of beta. So what that means is there's a free version that has kind of limited functionality. And then there's a paid version, which is very inexpensive, about the cost of a cup of coffee per month. And if you decide to do it the paid version, we're really appreciative because this has taken us four years and so many thousands of dollars to get this up and going. And we want to keep it going. We want to keep improving it over time. So by buying a membership each month, which is under $5, I believe, you can really help us keep this work going. So we can all promote the work of yoga therapy in the field of yoga therapy. We can all work together to do that. So thank you so much and have a great day. Please don't forget to sign up for our newsletter mailing list where we give you a free gift every single week. It's usually something that the guest has been talking about like a book chapter or an article or an infographic. Check out the show notes for that. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget we have a new YouTube channel called Optimal State with Amy Wheeler. We also have a new Patreon page where you can support us to bring you the most excellent content. And that is Optimal State and the Yoga Therapy Hour Patreon page. Also, you could write us a review on most major platforms that host podcasts. Give us five stars if you appreciate the show and tell us what you love so that we can do more of that. Finally, we support several nonprofit organizations through this podcast. See the show notes to understand how you can help. If you'd like to be a guest or a sponsor for this program, contact us at the email welcome at theoptimalstate.com. Welcome at theoptimalstate.com. And finally, a special thank you to our team here at Optimal State. We are truly a global family. George Mantuan, one of our executive producers. Adam Satchel, senior media producer and sound engineer from the Philippines. Krishna Panchal, a producer from Canada. Modupe Abdullahi, who does the show notes and is an editor for us from Nigeria and Peter Morley, who wrote and produced the music for this show, who lives in Australia. Find more about Peter's work at www.zenmusic.biz. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.